Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. You're listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. This is Paul Hawksby. And Andy Jacobs. And this is the H&J Daily with some of the best bits of this afternoon's show. We've got some top guests with us today on good form. Andy Smart, ball runner, comedy store player, cheese chaser, Cresta runner, um, Farnborough fan. He joined us uh, for reasons that will become um, apparent. Uh, We had Chaz Nuki Burden, who's an author. Mm. Uh, he's written a new book, The Runner's Code. He was uh, he talked a bit of football as well. Uh, Rob from Turnstars, the sports barbers, told us about the new trend in perms. Uh, for kind of football style perms. There was a sport link to it. It's not a hairdressing today. And um, Dame Julie Welsh joined us, uh, a pioneer of women's sports writing to talk about a new anthology of women's sports writing. She had some good stories for us. We had a chat. Here it all is. <laughs> Good afternoon, everyone. Good afternoon, Ned. Good afternoon, Paul. We're going to go in depth on England uh, later on, but uh, yeah. it was just a little bit of an off night, wasn't it? It was fairly disappointing. Was. Yeah, it was a bit of a flat, sort of turgid performance, all a bit mm. ponderous. It was, it was like watching Tottenham. The times England are like watching Tottenham. Well, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a curse of modern football, this. You know, yeah. there were so many times that. that People made runs, and it's only when they started passing the ball forward that they looked like they were going to score, and they did yeah. go on and score. But uh, we'll look at that. Yeah. We'll look at what went on in the crowd. Uh, say so a bit of a sinister development on that, which we'll uh, tell you more about uh, a little bit later on. I like uh, the Hungarian player <clears throat> Shalai. Yeah, shame they don't have a player called Why Not. <laughs> it's crazy. Shall I? It's always an Im- absolutely. Yeah, that was the thing. You always feel like you should you should invite him through. He's in the midfield. Shall I? Oh, get off! So you. polite. It felt it felt wrong to say no. I think half the mm. problem was, and we'll come on to this, was that I think England were probably caught mm. out by just how well hungry set up. They'd been so poor in the first game. I think sometimes in a match, when someone's much better than you thought they'd be, it takes you a while to get up to speed again and adapt, and they never quite managed it, did they? No, uh, yeah, credit to Hungary, definitely. Yeah. Uh, Arsene Wenger has got very excited about mm. uh, a new thing that could happen in next year's World Cup as soon as the automated offside calls. And, yeah, we've uh, heard about this. I know, but it, it won't hurt. It's bound to be flawed. And anyway, what's going to happen to linesmen? I'm not quite worried about them. You don't need a linesman, do you, if you've got an automated offside? The assistant ref. Free. They're still going to they're still going to be able to call other aspects, aren't they? You know, right. they're still going to have to pick up fouls. Still going to be ignored Im- by the ref as Im- they are now. Infringements <laughs> or whether the ball went out, you still that'll need soon be automated. Don't yeah. worry about that. <laughs> they're all going little robot linos. And Arsenal's namesake, uh, head of BBC drama, Piers Wenger, oh, yeah. has been giving a lot of interviews in the paper. I'm surprised he doesn't want Line of Duty to be on twice a year. <laughs> 
That'd be it's twice a, a week, wouldn't it? Satire, that's yeah. nice. Thank that's good. Yeah, that's, that's that's very good. <laughs> that's very good. Now, Andy, yeah. you came to the world of art quite late, didn't you? I did. Yeah. In your dotage, you picked up the brush for the first time. Yes, and, pens. And gave us a style that, that, that I mean, there, it was there was a period, wasn't there, when you know you were com- you were completely engrossed in it. Are you still are you still dabbling now and again? No, no, I've completely given it up now. I, really? I had a burst of creativity. I created sixty-one pieces in 61 about a year. Mark. And, uh, and then I haven't done anything since. I'm still doing my daily doodles uh, when I'm here, but, you know. What a creative splurge that was. Did you, feel, did you feel spent? Is that what it was? I don't know. It's been partly circumstances yeah. and partly just, I don't know, yeah. You've just, just gone lost, off the idea. I've lost the muse. Now, the reason I bring this up is that I don't know how much your work was going for. I know you gave a, some of it yeah, away yeah, to charity quite, quite and you got some good bids. Rates. But uh, Muhammad <laughs> Ali um, oh, yeah. was an artist. He dabbled as well. I know, those a, are great. I love the one of the, in the ring. A one. bit like you, Andy, they were of the naive school, yeah. weren't they, Muhammad mm. Ali? They weren't, you know, they weren't sort of pieces of fine art. No. But um, obviously, because they're him, one's sold for £700,000. It's his fight against Sonny Liston. Well, I've got to be honest... Mm. I, I, I wouldn't know that was Ali versus Sonny Liston. <laughs> well, you sort of get the idea. It's that, that famous image. Yes, it, you yeah. do. You do get that. Yeah. But um, yeah, there's some of his other. Actually, the Tree of Life is quite Van Gogh-like, isn't it? Yeah. In terms of the yeah, colours, yeah, that's quite a nice one. There's a couple of doodles um, and one of an aeroplane, which is basically just a something he did on the back of a fag packet. But he's yeah. Muhammad Ali, so it sells. So we're interested to know: Have you got any non-artists' um, artwork? Um, I mean, a number of people might have a Ronnie Wood or something, yeah. but maybe you've got an Andy Jacobs. Well, you might I don't know, have. but uh, or maybe just you saw someone do. I forced them. a lot of people to buy them for for Willow. Yeah, you <laughs> did. It was prints. good. You used to uh, yeah. demand money with menaces, <laughs> yeah, but I for did. a good cause. Exactly. So you used to guilt people into <laughs> yeah, buying one. It was great, wasn't it? Yeah, it was lovely then watching take the Andy as if I'd sold it. guilting all these people. <laughs> but anyway, all the money went to charity, so that's important. Yes. So uh, do let us know if um, maybe you just saw someone doodling something i'm having that that's a i'm, I'm officially calling that um you know a piece of official artwork so talksport.com text 1889 tweet tsh and j and do spare a thought for uh, steve mm. bruce who goes to work every day now um fully expecting yeah, and it's terrible isn't it? when's Amanda he gonna, get, when's he gonna get that four million it's now, terrible isn't open it? the window of the training ground and say Steve, could you just <laughs> could you just pop up for five minutes? I mean, he must be taking training. Yeah. Um, so again, have you ever been in that situation where you knew the old tin tack was coming, the sword of Damocles was hanging over your head, and it was that death by a thousand? You'd go in every day yeah. thinking, "What are they going to do this?" I so know, look, it's if, true. If, I mean, it's not a pleasant experience, but maybe you can see the humour in it all these years on. Um, Talksport.com. Text eight ten eighty nine. Tweets to T S H and J. And apparently Newcastle can't, according to the Times, today's oh. Times, they can't fire Steve Bruce without approval of PIF, the fund, which of course has got nothing to do with the Saudi state, who aren't running it. Oh no, <laughs> no, no, that's right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so they have to go through uh, through them through the sort of investment fund. Oh, okay. So that's mm. why so Steve's going in every way, day well, waiting for that. That's the way it goes, isn't it, really? Yeah. What are you going to do? Not pleasant. But it's interesting because City are to hold talks with um, Ellen Holland. What am I yes. talking about? Yeah. And uh, if they get him, I've decided that all of us, including Newcastle, can just all go home, really, let's be honest. Yeah. They would be a great signing for I wonder them. if this is, you know, they were hinting at it, the boys, earlier on. Maybe at the, at the, Glenn was just saying, you know, this, one of the reasons Harry Kane is... Not it's not happening for him as we saw last night. He's mm. been pretty similar with Tottenham getting oh, yeah. 
caught in possession quite cheaply, just looking off the pace. The finishing isn't quite there. There's something not quite right. Maybe it is that thing of knowing that was his that was his city window because that oh, was his chance now. to go to City mm. if he was going to go to City wherever he goes. Um, it's unlikely. Well, it's going to be Newcastle, isn't it? Really, if they get, he <laughs> goes you to know. Newcastle. Could be. Wow. I mean, to be part of a project, he mm. could be their Alan Shearer. Could be. Without we'll obviously see. all the joy. Although collections. Southampton's chief executive has said, we're not. They're talking about keeping Hassan Hootel and not mm. getting rid of him. So we're not going to win anything by being Chelsea. I was thinking, well, you're not going to win anything anyway. So don't worry <laughs> about it. They need to insult <laughs> Chelsea. It works for them. It's amazing, isn't it? These people. Anyway, imagine if um, Shall I uh, sign for the same team as Wilfred and Didi. That's it. Yeah, good point, Gary. Yeah. Well done. I would say then you could say Shall I? Didi. Yeah. Could do that in commentary. Yeah, that'd be good. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, bet you get 30, bet you get 20, 20, 20, bet you get 20, 20, bet you get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Paul Hawksby, Andy Jacobs here on Talk Sports. And uh, before we talk perms, Talk Sports, a new game, Big Five, is giving you the chance to win a share of £5,000 every weekend. All you have to do is pick five fixtures and three game changing moments of the match for a chance to top the leaderboard and win the top 25% win a share of the prize pool. So even if all your predictions don't come off, you've still got a chance to win. Marvellous. Entries cost £5 and close every Saturday at midday. Go to talksport.com forward slash selector now. 18 plus, T's and C's apply. Begambleaware.org. Please gamble responsibly. 
Yep, and um, Steve Bruce awaits uh, that call from upstairs at the training ground, but he took training, as Fletch was telling you. We're just wondering about those Swords of Damocles moment in your career when you knew the sack was just around the corner. Jake in Chelmsford says, I found out I was getting the sack when I was passed a new seating plan for the office and my name wasn't on it. <laughs> it took was. a few minutes to realise, but about an hour later, I was called into the boardroom. Oh, that brutal, he says it is, That's Jake, isn't harsh, it? So, look, if you can even... See the funny side of it now. Talksport.com, text 81089. Get in touch this owns the company now. It's it probably over. <laughs> probably did. So, um, it's a TikTok sensation and it's the perm, the mm. curly perm. And uh, our good friends at the Sun today put pictures of Terry McDermott, Kevin Keegan, and Alan Sunders, in case you're wondering what a 70s style perm looked like. But apparently they're back. Why not? Uh, the 70s style <clears throat> perm is back. And the kids... It's all cyclical. The kids want them. So you've taken to TikTok, Andy, because I know you're yeah. you're involved. Mm, yes, I am. And, and, uh, and you've yeah. seen evidence of this. Very popular, yeah. Very what, are the, much what are the kids saying, Andy? Well, it's all how-tos, how to do it. Do it yourself. Do it yourself. Is how that a good it? idea? Not really. It sounds like a disaster. You need the professionals. You do need to. So let's turn to the professionals now. <laughs> and I doubt very much they, they, they do that many perms. It is Turnstiles Barbers, mm. the football barbers in Surrey. Rob Albury is the gaffer. Good afternoon, Rob. Good afternoon, gentlemen. Yeah, now it's it's a lot of. I mean, you like. I'm sure you like a kind of quick turnover. They come in, they get their hair cut. You they point at a picture of, I don't know, Peter Beardsley or Chris Waddle from, and <laughs> then you know, and you and you say, I, I say, I want that one, and you cut it to that style. But <laughs> stretching, <laughs> yeah, there was method in there was method in my madness. So they, they they so you do that. But the idea of you messing about with perming lotion and all that, or has the technology in the world of the perm moved on since uh, since the seventies? Uh, well, not really. No, the last time I actually did a perm was probably about 1984. Right. Uh, that was on one of my friends trying to emulate Martin Kemp from Spandau Ballet. Just yeah. kept permed at the back. Mm-hmm. So we haven't seen the light of it since then. But you're right, recently there's been quite a lot of uh, inquiries, although we don't do it currently. Ah. But I did do it when I first started hairdressing back in the 80s. Right. Yeah, I mean, I think it's part of a trend, this uh, mullets, perms, all this sort of, you know, kind of throwback, you know, throwback hairstyles. So, yeah. you f- so you're fine. You've had people come in and said, oh, would you, you know, would you give me a Kevin Keegan? Uh, not so much Kevin Keegan, but would you give me a perm? Yeah. I think I think the, the difference is because Kevin Keegan was more, they used to call it a bubble perm, so it was all over. Right. This current thing they all want is on the top, so it's all just falling straight forward in, into the face and really short back and sides. Oh, okay. So it's a little yeah. bit more stylish, but you know, if you look at the whole Liverpool team from the seventies, I think one to eleven they had it at one point. Yeah, the so bubble perm. Official <clears throat> club hairdresser at Liverpool at that mm. stage must have been quite lucrative. Must they have really. such a thing? <laughs> well, I, 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 they'd have it now, wouldn't they? Yeah. They'd have a little badge on the shirt. But <laughs> well, so, how easy, Rob, would it be to suddenly start offering perms? Is it, do you need a lot of a kit, a lot of equipment? Uh, yeah, you need quite a lot of kit. Yeah, it's quite time-consuming. And uh, one thing that people forget is you have to have a bit of length on the top to actually do it. Otherwise, because mm. once you have your hair, if you've got straight hair and then you have it permed, it, it makes you look quite a lot shorter. Oh, right. Uh, yeah, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> Not in stature, just your hair, I guess. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Andy couldn't do it. But yeah, Andy's got very curly hair, but you were telling me yeah, earlier on, you, you had a perm <laughs> on top of your curly hair. Yeah. Well, I mean, you just, you just you made wanted... it more curly. I, I was more wavy. Oh, okay. This is tight curls. 
And did it well? Yours was quite mad here. It was in the Kevin yeah, Keegan yeah, style. Yeah, yeah definitely. You had, a, yeah. You had a, yeah, a big one like that. Well, so, yeah. <laughs> what is the, What is the um, what is the style? What's not very much on trend? Does anybody come in for the Foden? Look at the kind of um, Benedictine monk look. You had many coming in for that. The very straight fringe, Rob. Yeah, we had a lot of that during the Euros. Mm. Obviously, because he was uh, quite a big focal point at that point. But. Um, yeah, it's just very short back and side still and a very, uh, many different ways of wearing it on the top. Looking for it to change uh, fairly dramatically soon, so maybe this perm will do it, because it's been this style. It's been, you know, people have been having the same styles for quite a long time yeah. now, so we do a change. Do you have the pictures mm. up? Do you have the pictures of the stars, uh, footballers' faces up there, and can people flick through a copy of Shoot or something and say, well, I'd, quite like, I'd quite like that look? Yeah, we've got um, well all the pictures on the wall mm. in between the mirrors. There's uh, there's loads of uh, styles and shots, old-fashioned shots to look at as well. But, uh, right. He used to be a player for Villa. Was it Richard Walker? He looked like a barber's photo. Really? <laughs> yes, yeah. Oh no, he looked like a picture. Yeah. Richard Richard Walker had that that yeah. wavy hair that you you only could get from smoking fifty capstan full strength <laughs> a day. It was the hair. He had like proper fifties hair, didn't he? he? Had the hair of a fifties footballer. I do remember him. Because yeah. play, players don't have that kind of that that wavy hair uh, anymore. Not to that extent. It, it it's. It's gone, Andy. No, yeah, One of Richard Walker. I hope he's kept it because often people will wave the air that they lose their hair. Yeah. If he's out there, Richard, has he still got the fifties? <laughs> has he still got the fifties hairstyle? <laughs> has he gone back to the future? Let's. Uh, what about come. straightening? My wife used to straighten my hair. That was the opposite of that. Oh yeah, yeah. You go, would you go to Rob's for a bit of straightening? Well, I don't know if he does it. Is this something you offer? <clears throat> Excuse me. Not, not permanent straight straightening, but we do have straighteners. I've spent it's quite. I've had curly hair all my life. Hmm. I've still got it. But uh, I've spent most of my life trying to straighten it out, so it seems uh, ironic that all this perming is coming yeah. back. So. You're going to be on trend, Rob, for the first time in 30 <laughs> years. Sorry, I'm still reading from the beginning of this interview. No one's ever gone into a barber and asked for a bit of bits. <laughs> <laughs> They may not have done. It's never happened. I'm sure Peter Beardsley didn't. <laughs> I'm, sure, I'm sure when he originally settled on Pete on that style, he, it wasn't one he particularly asked for. But he fell asleep in the chair. Beardsley definitely did that himself. You think that was... And it wasn't a home perm kit. He did. He cut it himself. Yeah, yeah quite no. possibly. OK, Rob, always a pleasure. Thanks for keeping us on trend from for footballers' haircuts. Um, and we'll speak to you soon. Thanks very much, guys. There we are. Rob Albury there, the owner of Turnstiles Barbers. Go and check it out. It's properly football-themed, it is, down in Surrey. If you're passing that way and you fancy a a Phil Foden or, indeed, a Kevin Keegan or an Andy Jacobs. Oh, there he is. Richard did have a fine head. It was great. It was proper curly, wavy 50s hair, wasn't it? It was like Mm. saying from Charles... Buckins Football Monthly. It was. Yeah. Well, it, 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 we'll try and get it up to eight pictures, see what we can do. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Paul Hawksby, Andy Jacobs here mm. on Talk Sport. Uh, Chaz Nuki Burden has joined us in the studio. He is the author of uh, the new book, The Runner's Code, The Unwritten Rules of everyday running. He was also the author of Running Cheaper Than Therapy. Came in a, what did you say? Three years ago, Chaz, was yeah, it? You had that yeah. book out. Wow. Mm. Well, look, good to see you again. And you. And um, The Runner's Code, um, tell us a little bit about it. I mean, it, Andy and I have been reading through it. We've, we've both uh, very impressed. Uh, you, you cover all bases, effectively, don't you? 
Yeah, what I wanted to do is I wanted to write a book that can be for people who are just starting running right through to covering how to run into old age and everything in between. And it's got sort of very serious things like about avoiding injury, what to eat, uh, how to be considerate of pedestrians when you're running, uh, do's and don'ts at running events and preparing for running events, but also some fun stuff like um, how often can you post on social media about running, um, <laughs> how to work into every single conversation that you've run a marathon, uh, <laughs> how to deal with farts when you're running, like all sorts of different things. Um, so I'm trying to look at like running and all its brilliance and stupidity and wonderfulness, mm. really. There's, someone said if you were if you were banned from being able to say you ran in the marathon, ninety five percent of people wouldn't bother. <laughs> yeah, if you couldn't post about it on social media, would you go to Park Run? <laughs> Have you done a marathon? I've done three. Yeah, You've thank done you for three. asking. I was yes. going to work it. Oh, out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when I did the marathon, yeah, go on. yeah, um, yeah. There's there's some lovely little bits in here. There's one, for example, is the etiquette sometimes of running, and you know I go out for a run now and again. And it's knowing whether to let on to another runner if you see them coming towards you. My experience often, if they're a serious runner, they tend not to. They simply get in the zone. If they're, if they're running twice as quick as me, it's a pretty good chance they won't let on. But if they're like plodding along like I am, they normally will. You know. Yeah. But there is that thing of should you, shouldn't you? I always do, and generally I find people do as well. You, know? well, you mean like a, a quick wave? No, just, or, yeah, yeah. Just, yeah. A nod, just a little yeah. nod to each other right, or a thumbs up. Yeah, just one of yeah, those. One well, of this those. is the point, because I, I go into that and like, <clears> the mental um, the conversation going on in my head between when I see another runner in the distance and when I pass them. Mm. So I, oh, I should say hello. That's a nice thing to do. What sort of world would it be if we didn't say hello to each other? What if I say hello and he doesn't wave back? I'm going to feel like a loser all day. Maybe I should just wave. Maybe. And, you know, you end up, and then you end up going, oh, like just when you pass them. But then there's another dimension to it, which I go into it, which is like if you're a man and you're running and you see a woman running, yeah, yeah, that's true. Is, it, is it creepy not to say hello? Is it creepy to say hello? <clears> it's quite a minefield. But yeah. I try and sort through all of this. And also about pavement hogging because... The beginning of the pandemic, you remember when we all allowed our mandated yeah. one walk a day? This is a, a bugbear of Andes, of course. It, it, yeah. You had pavement wars because mm. suddenly so many people were on the pavements because people weren't going to work. And I was worried that runners were going to go the way of cyclists. Now, uh, at, um, at risk of bringing down wrath of social media, you know, cyclists aren't very popular often nowadays. And I was worried that runners were going to go that way. So, again, that's the other reason I why... I called for a I ban during that period. He did. He wanted really? a ban of oh, all yeah, runners. Oh, yeah, definitely. should have just <laughs> been in the park. Get off the streets, really. And Because uh, it says in your book, in the intro, runners might rub people up the wrong way I've written. Might. <laughs> <laughs> so are you a considerate runner, Andy, on that basis? Well, that's one of the reasons I didn't run for such a long time, because I thought, you know, I'm, I'm you know... Exp- I thought it was very antisocial, so yeah. it didn't feel the right thing to do. But, uh, you know, that's me, a good citizen. Mm. But no, th- that's why I like the book as well, because it does talk about getting back into it. And, and it is almost when you haven't run, I've just started running again. And it is like starting over. Yeah, it's so sad that you can't take it with you. You can run for years. And then if you're out for longer than about a month, you know, you just start losing most of the physical things that you've sort of gained, although you do have the mental advantage of knowing you've done it before, but Mm. it can be quite soul-destroying when you have to start again, when you've gone out three or four times a week for years to maintain that fitness, and then either an injury or some other problem comes up and you you lose it. Um, I look both into how to avoid injuries and also how to deal with injuries if you get them both physically and um, mentally. Mm. You also look at the best time of day to run, and, um, you know, the kind of perceived wisdom is mornings but you look at the pros and cons of you know afternoons and evenings as well yeah i'm very much a morning runner um, <clears throat> so for me it was quite interesting to explore that because i couldn't think of really many positives about 
I suppose a summer evening run can be nice, but to me, it's like get out the way in the morning, both so you know you've done it, and also I get a real high from running, and I want to have that high all day. And actually, it's weird mm. that uh, the thing that running produces inside you is cannabinoids, which is exactly what smoking weed does. Mm. So you might think that a runner and a, a pot smoker are like completely different beings, but they're both <laughs> chasing the same high. And you might think, again, it's in different ways, but there's actually a club in, I think it's in Vegas or LA called the 420 Club, mm. where they all go on a run together and then all uh, bill up together afterwards. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Fair <laughs> enough. Birds. Yes, of course. Um, how to run into old age. I mean, I mean some of the listeners, you, you're talking about that and you look at some of the things you should be doing. The other one I quite like was running with a dog, if you have yeah. a dog, because some yeah. people exercise their dogs. That's a good way to do both. Um, my son's able to run with our Labrador. I can't because... I don't know, she's so used to me walking her, she jumps up at me all the time. And I know that. So she'll keep, she wonders what the heck I'm doing, what I'm trying to get away from her for. So she jumps up at me and she's going to take me down if I tried to run. But it's a good thing to do. I don't know if you run with your dog, do you? I wish I could. He's just so wayward that, you know, you, yeah. you sort of run five yards, he needs to stop and look at something. I wish I could because there's nothing worse than when you've gone on a long run and you get back and you go, just want to collapse into the, got to take the dog and, for a walk. and then you've got to take the dog for a walk and like you said they can be antisocial though you often see runners they'll they'll go off into the distance mm. the dog stops to do his business yeah and the mm. runners just kept running you think oh yeah. great well done oh that's true yeah, that's quite often, <laughs> victor really. meldrew there well, but no it's like a good him. point it is what a about good point. talking that you've got a, about i haven't quite got to it in the book where getting caught short during a run i mean this happens to everybody yeah you've got some advice i haven't quite got to what into the pros of course as we've yeah. seen well, in marathons very and stuff true. Like yeah. oh i've seen some things i've seen some things in marathons don't don't worry i'll keep it i'll keep it light but yeah i remember in the dublin marathon because i've run three marathons as i mentioned oh yeah earlier. i think Just you did people might have forgotten <laughs> yeah 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 um, can, it's nice of you to wear the medals today <laughs> i like to take them around with me got some photos to show you afterwards but um yeah there was this woman running in front of me and her 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 run her running style started going quite wayward and then she just said Oh, sod it, but slightly stronger than that. Yep. And just uh, squatted down and, and did the works right in front of me. Wow. The thing. wow. And then I saw a woman once uh, squat down to do not <laughs> yeah. the works, but just the initials, and then she couldn't get back up again. Well, and she had to sort <laughs> well, of she be... she seized up. Yeah, she seized, seized up, up, and so she had to be sort of... Help, well, helped off it like a, sort of a bit, like an injured <laughs> frog. Imagine being photographed in your medal like that. <laughs> an injured frog. Well, running, running photographs <clears throat> is something I'm going to because yeah. anyone who's run an event, whether it's park run or a half marathon or a marathon, will know what I'm about to say. They have these official photographers and then you can go and find your photos afterwards and you think, oh, I'm going to look amazing. I'm going to put this on Facebook and Instagram. I'm going to look so honed and so pumped. <laughs> And you get it, and you literally look like ET on a bad day because yeah. you're like, yeah. like you're running, and um, you know, snot coming out of your nose. And, uh... <laughs> treadmill running, you talk about that, and I find that I get far more tired uh, running on a treadmill than I do actually sort of running on the road. I can't run more than literally two minutes on a treadmill, and yeah, I've run really? more than four hours when I because I ran a marathon. Is it the lack and, um... of stimulation or something? If you <laughs> yeah, watch the, so, the watch, you yeah. know, Sky Sports News or whatever, That's but it's it. not the same, is it? Yeah, the thing is, even in... I remember once I was on holiday and they had these uh, treadmills where you can tap in all these different places and you actually have a video in front of you as mm. if... So I tapped in something like you run from Central Park to Wall Street or something and you yeah. ran through Manhattan. Kept me occupied for about three minutes. It, as I say in the book, I was, they used to be punishment tools, treadmills. That's how they were devised in prisons. And Oscar Wilde was one of the first people in jail to be sentenced to run on a treadmill. They were rather more rudimentary in those days. Yeah. But to me, that says it all. They are a punishment thing. And I and I think the only arguments for them, if it's really dangerous outside, icy or snowy, or maybe 
if you're in a hotel and you wake up early and you don't know the city or it might be unsafe or you don't want to go running around, maybe hit the gym and go on a treadmill. Yeah. Otherwise, just every go time, for a run. Go in fresh I thought you were going to say Central Park to Warsaw. <laughs> That's quite <laughs> That's a run. That's a hell of a run, isn't it? It's one for Nick Butter, that is, isn't it? <laughs> Blimey. Yeah, so Oscar Wilde invented Peloton. I never knew. <laughs> you mentioned so, uh, jog, yeah. sprint, walk as a way of sort of building up. And I, that's one I find quite useful and quite fun as well. It's slightly easier than continual plodding. I don't yeah. know why that is. Because there will be some people out there thinking, you know, I'd like to, I'd like to get into it. And the only barrier really is having a pair of trainers. And initially, if you're doing short distances, they haven't got to be an expensive pair. You know, right. you could you could go out with a, just a very simple pair of running shoes um, and, and just start, just give it a go. Yeah, I mean, the, the amount of money you'd spend for months in the gym and the inevitable annoying joining fee you could probably get a decent sort of semi-decent pair of trainers certainly to get you started in running and the jog sprint walk thing that andy mentioned is is really good because what i'd say to anyone thinking of going running as well as buying my book is um just start gradually Mm. because the people who you know who will carry on running are the ones who start gradually the people who think i'm going to do a 10k this weekend even though i can't currently run for the bus yeah they end up knackered injured disappointed and they just go i knew it was awful but if you just start with these very simple increments, like run for one, jog for one minute, walk for two minutes, jog for one minute, walk for two minutes, go home. Yeah. And you might think that's nothing. But then two days later, up, up it a bit and mm. then up it a bit. And then within no time at all, you'll be doing good um, distances and you'll be really, really happy with running rather than exhausting yourself on day one. And do you buy into these, the, the theory that you should have something to aim for? You should maybe enter a 5K that you could do in six months' time so you've yeah. got something to work to? Is that, is that having Certainly a Certainly for me, like I, I, if I don't have an event on the horizon still to this day and I've been sort of running weekly for 20 or more years, hmm. if I don't have an event on the horizon, I find it very hard, particularly in the winter. You yeah. have to have an event in the spring to get me running through January and February because they're awful months to run through. Yeah, so I think, yeah, put something on the horizon, even a park run. Park runs are 5K. Yeah, Most places have a park run. And um, you can you can build up to that. There's an app called Couch to 5K, which is a, would take That's you very from popular. your Couch to yeah. 5K. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I'm going to Brentford, and, of course, um, a guy who used to work here, Steve Hodge, sit, sits near me, and I was reminded that he did the marathon, didn't he, with no training yeah. in street shoes. Yeah, I, th- mm. I think he, yeah, he was a late entrant, wasn't he? I can't remember <laughs> where he was amazing. one of Talk Sports charity entrants, and he decided to do it, and he did do it in a pair of slip-on shoes. But I think it's about eight hours, but he, he got I'll the medal. He's able to lord it. Uh, before we let you go, you're a big Arsenal fan written about Arsenal we worked together on 90 minutes many years ago Chess. so I mean how are you feeling about life now I was interested in Ray Parler on breakfast today saying that they're, they're, you know, let's not kid ourselves they're not top four they might get top six if they turn it on but they're not top four at the moment I'd honestly describe myself now as a recovering Arsenal fan <laughs> to me after they left Highbury like the club as far as I was concerned just slowly died Lots of people I know who'd been going from the 70s and the 80s stopped going at that point. They just said, this isn't the Arsenal they fell in love with. I actually felt the same, but I carried on going because I thought, oh, you'll come out the other end. You'll learn to love it. Stop being such a Luddite. And it just got worse and worse. I hate the new ground. I hate the new club's new identity. I hate the fan base that they're constantly trying to engineer in. Wenger kept me there for a long time. As Mm. you know, I loved uh, Wenger because he was a massive link with the past. And when he left, I just sat there. I remember in Emery's first match and I just thought, None of this means anything to me anymore at all. And I hate that. I'm not happy about it. I hate to be a Luddite for a start. I hate to lose one of the biggest passions of my life. So um, I have watched, obviously, you, you don't, you know, I follow football anyway. Um, for me, like, I've always loved Celtic since I was like 15. And so that's where all my love and attention is now. Um, as far as Arsenal goes... You're a Jonah, right? <laughs> <laughs> as, far, as far as Arsenal goes, I mean... 
I do think that they're getting a certain amount of um, certain amount of karma. Not more recently, he's per- perked up again, but I think there has been a certain amount of karma to all the people who were so vicious to uh, Wenger. Mm. And it has been sad, but also mildly amusing to watch them slowly realise one by one that actually he wasn't the problem at Arsenal, that there were other problems. Obviously, he did need to go eventually, yeah. but that the way that they viciously sort of targeted him for all those years, and I've actually seen some of the most vociferous anti-Venga ones. Admittedly, no one off Arsenal fan TV, but just mm. people who I know on Twitter. One of them said the other day, if we could have him back just to train the team for the rest of the season, he said, I'd do it. Uh, on the proviso, he didn't have anything more to do. So, <laughs> uh, good luck to them. But the SPL, you know, Scottish football is just so exciting, and I was always sort of had the two loves and um oh. it's just been amazing although having said that the collapse of celtic last season yeah. <laughs> was like nothing i've ever i can't remember ever seeing like to go from nine in a row quadruple treble to losing by what 20 more points yeah. was uh was a brutal experience <laughs> it's all pain isn't it fucking yeah. Yeah. it's lovely to see you again thank you and you we wish you well with the book uh it is the runner's code the unwritten rules of everyday running by Chaz Nuki burden uh, it's published by Bloomsbury Sport. It's uh, is out is it out today or tomorrow. So tomorrow. If you order it today, you'll tomorrow. get it on you publication it day. Yeah, in bookshops and Amazon everywhere else. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Now, obviously, Newcastle United have been very much in the news, uh, yeah, Andy, yeah, yeah. and um, Sky Sports News uh, on new, uh, when they when it broke that the club has been taken over, dispatched their man in the northeast, Keith Downey, to Newcastle's training yes. ground. And I don't think there's been a minute of the day when I've not looked at a monitor, whether I get up for breakfast <laughs> or go to bed at night, when old Keith isn't outside the training ground at yeah. uh, Newcastle. See, there isn't just... a Keith Downey Junior can share <laughs> the load. <laughs> it would be, yeah, it would be perfect, <laughs> wouldn't be marvellous. it? And uh, yeah, he's so. Keith has been outside there. I think he's he's probably got a camp bed as they he's probably got a little stove and a tent and uh, and sleep. Amazon have just left. I don't know if they've smuggled they've just smuggled Steve out an Amazon Prime van. But uh, well done, Keith. It's sterling work. It's 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 like a it's like he's doing one of these sort of telethon type things for charity. But well done to him. He's out. He's bringing us all the latest from uh, the Newcastle training ground. Yeah, I think I think Steve will be in charge by Sunday start. Do, do you, you do? Yeah, I don't know. It doesn't see, if they were going to get rid of him, wouldn't they yeah. got rid of him already? Mm. It seems a little bit odd, isn't it? Really, but there you go. Uh, did you see? Uh, it was Cardi B's boyfriend, uh, not Cardi B's boyfriend. Who's Cardi? B? Cardi B's birthday is what I went to say. <laughs> not a boyfriend. That's quite a big difference. <laughs> I know, but I'm going to talk about Cardi boy- B. <laughs> the only reason you'll see why I did. <clears> it. You're not going to give us a chorus of happy boyfriend to you, are you? <laughs> no. And uh, I haven't put her in the birthday spread for tomorrow, but uh, okay. I knew it when she was just a slip over. Never seen, but, uh, never seen her in a car. <laughs> exactly. Her boyfriend, though, he's called Offset. I remember when he was is a he? linesman, they used to call him Offside. Yeah, really? <laughs> Great name. <clears throat> Offset. Did he used to work in the print, did he? Well, I, mean, I suppose he yeah, might have maybe, maybe he did. He jumped for life. Yeah. Why, why are the Roonies doing a show on Amazon? What are they yeah. there? That desperate <clears throat> for a million quid. The Roonies. Funny you should mention the Roonies because mm. um, I think I may be able to bring you yeah. uh, Rooney planning news. You want some Rooney? Yeah, I like a bit of Would Rooney. Would you like a bit of uh, planning Rooney news. Planning, planning news? Planning news. Planning news, yeah. Planning news, mm. yeah. And uh, we've kept you in touch with the uh, the mansion that they're building, the £20 million mansion in Cheshire. <laughs> it's like a personal service. Uh, let me just tell you some of the yeah. things about it. <clears throat> it's a three-storey property includes an orangery. Does it? Um, <laughs> snooker. Uh, they've got a snooker room there, cinema and wine cellar. They, they can yeah. bring you that as well. It's got a bar, unsurprisingly. Mm. It's got a huge indoor swimming pool, a hot tub, a plunge pool. 
which is nice. A steam room. A lot of water-based activities. His and hers changing rooms. A bit coy, aren't they, for a married couple? Mm. The um, Yeah, so they're going to have landscape gardens, uh, a garage, that's understandable as well, and stables. Yeah. It will also Maybe feature... Maybe they do need that million. <laughs> it will, something Kenneth Williams would have liked. It would yeah. also feature a guest toilet, so they don't have to use the same facilities as other people. And other, so they'll have, they've got the downstairs loo just for them, and they have the guest lav. Is that a bit of an insult? Bit, you, Andy, you went round there, Gaff, and you said, oh, can I just use your loo, Wayne? <laughs> and he'd say, yeah... But use the guest toilet. So uh, also separate lifts for family and visitors as well. The real the reason I bring it up is that um, that uh, what's going to be going on there is that uh, a farm now wants permission for a shed housing sheep near the twenty million pound mansion. Mm. Uh, and that's right. They said uh, that one thousand genetically modified sheep uh, really? could be uh, could be oh, camped okay. nearby. So there we are. There's planning news for the. I don't know if they're going to oppose that or they or they want the the sheep there. But that's planning news there. Planning news. Planning news. Yeah, with the we got one that says genetically modified sheep. No, news. Yeah. we haven't got gen- <laughs> genetically modified sheep news. No. It's a letter <clears throat> that fascinated me uh, with somebody <clears throat> with a very very short memory. Uh, wrote to the Sun today, Alexander Slack of Cornwall. Alexander Slack. That's the name. Uh, if Formula One's Lewis Hamilton could only drive as well as he. He'd be at the top of the leaderboard because in the fashion stakes, he's streets ahead of the chasing pack. He has won it eight times more than anybody else. You do know that, don't this you? Is, this is Andy shouting Four. at a newspaper. Andy shouts at newspapers. I don't still... get how this letter even gets published. It's the, Honestly, it's... let me <clears> loose at the, <throat> at the letters <clears throat> department of Tabloid with a big shredder. Yeah. And they all go in there except... It's always a joy. In, in a past life when we worked in TV, we used to share an office with our good friend Phil Balker, man who gave, later gave you phone shop and other fine work. And uh, Andy would get Broadcast Magazine, which mm. was all the movers and shakers from the world of uh, TV. And Andy would open it. And he'd say, I remember him when he was a runner on X. And he was an idiot then. And then he'd start punching. Start punching this magazine. That's a great like name a, for the magazine. That I could never tell you what it was called. Yeah. And Phil still says to me when we speak, Speak now and again. Uh, is Andy still punching broadcast? That's how he's moved on from there. He's punching the Star Letters page. No, I punched instead. the virtual one. It's online. It's the work, the work of a crazed. Yeah, you see, man. Liverpool are uh, not happy about the twelve thirty kickoff after international break. And I'm yeah. surprised. Who? I don't blame them actually. It's it's the worst bit of scheduling. Yeah. And it, the only well, it's not for us. We got the game, haven't we? Well, no. But the only it's Ranieri's first match. Yes, mm. but the thing is, twelve. <clears> well, we don't the half. I don't anyway, like the twelve thirty so. kickoff yeah. at all. It's there for the Asian market. Let's be honest. It's perfect. You know, eight thirty at night and all yeah. that. But they tend not to be the greatest of games, do they? The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. <laughs> Me, Andy Jacobs here on Talksport. Now there's a new anthology of women's uh, football writing. Football uh, she wrote with a forward by Gabby Logan. Uh, among the uh, writers um, is uh, Julie Welsh. Julie is, I think, was the first uh, woman football writer, and uh, in her early days in the press box, she did get a bit of pushback. Uh, uh, in the book, uh, she wrote about her time there, the Fleet Street Girls. She says in 1973, when she went to Coventry to cover a game. For the observer, uh, a couple of voices behind us said, "Women in the press box—it's come to that appalling." <laughs> Great, isn't it? Oh, so we, you know, we've come, we've come some way, Julie, haven't we? I would think since then. I would think so because I mean, <laughs> what, what was re- <laughs> we've come some way? Yeah. Not if you go on social media. No. Um, the, even <clears throat> I mean, I I stopped being a match reporter uh, around the early sort of noughties. 
And there were still blokes coming up to me and saying, it's all your fault. <laughs> and I just felt so guilty, you know, oh, I spoiled your fun. But, I mean, it's really nice now because I, I, I wish I was 25 again because, mm. you know, there'd be lots of other people, same as me, kind of yeah. milling around the press box. I mean, you, know, you joke about it now, but, I mean, being a pioneer in something like this is re- it is tough. When you're living it, when you're in those press boxes, mm. I imagine it was pretty intimidating to be the first. Well, it was in, so- it was in some <laughs> ways because there was one bloke, one reporter, who I'm not going to name till he's dead, right. who was really, really horrible to me. Mm. I mean, and he was horrible to any w- woman reporter who followed me in um but on the other hand and there's a nice piece in 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 um the in in football she wrote mm. by uh, the writer isabella latifa barker mm-hmm. who works for the sun who talks about male allies you know blokes decent blokes who are actually nice to you and um there were there were enough of those they were just sort of such lovely blokes some of them i mm. mean a lot of them have passed on now but but you know i'll, I'll in case their descendants mm, are, mm. are here you know john moynihan kenny montgomery people like that reg drury news of the world you know yeah. they're just sort of really nice people who who, who of um, a generation where mm. they may have been those that pushed back certainly people like reg but didn't but were welcoming and, and supportive she, isabel yeah. talks about sam Allardyce being very supportive yeah, yeah. exactly what yeah. a surprise eh mm. you know because he's, he's sort of written up as such kind of loose ogre yeah, <laughs> um, and yeah, it was really you know there, there's there's a bloke being really nice. Mm. The, um, the, f- the first chapter is your chapter. It, it was is. interesting actually. Mm. Yeah. Why was there? A, it's about the the fifty year yeah. gap in women's football from right. when the FA so, banned it. Yeah. You know, why yeah. was it banned? What happened there? Um, I think it's a long and convoluted story, but I mean, basically, it was society then who thought it was shocking that that women um, actually, you know, wanted to play football. Uh, who knew, who who knew what would happen if they did? You know, they they wouldn't want to um, go back into the ki- into the kitchen anymore once they discovered playing football. <laughs> um, and there, there's a lovely quote in it. I hope it's not too rude for this 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 show, but um, mm-hmm. I was interviewing um, an old lady athlete. <laughs> 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 I'm sorry if that's too rude. Yeah, we may be pushing it. uh, (laughs) So, yeah, it's it's, it's wonderful a collection like this uh, is is now been put together. Yeah, well, there's another piece by um, a a really, really good writer. Mm. She's been a favourite writer of mine for some time, Louise Taylor, Mm. who who sort of she works for the Guardian, Mm. and um, she's she's the sort she's on the northeast beat. and uh, it was just just uh, lovely to read all the trials and tribulations that she went through, and and you know she, she this she's 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 so you know this she's such a good writer that you don't you never really sort of think oh that that's written by a woman, but she wrote this. So there's some lovely stories in it, lovely stories about Bobby Robson, people mm. like that. Um, it so they, it, I just. It's it's called it's quite a, there's quite a wide selection of of, yeah. of pieces in it. You know, it's not just written by um, people like me and Louise who actually sort of do the reporting. Mm, um, yeah, it's Alison Bender who that's works right. for us. Alison's in yeah. there talking yeah. about her time at um, Real yeah. Madrid piece was very yeah quite moving about her sort of bond of grief with Fran Kerber. That's right. Yeah, mm. absolutely. I mean, and I wonder whether. You know, um, do do females feel it, it, it more? You know, it's more 
possible? Do mm. they feel permission to write about things like that than blokes do? Because you know, it's it's sort of um, maybe they blokes think it's a bit unmanly to to talk about personal stuff like that. I think that. it's getting better. That's what we're hoping. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. It's interesting, isn't it? Is it misogyny that that is behind <clears throat> this sort of resentment of women? writing about football, playing football. I know it's getting better, but there still isn't there. There's still a, a large body of people that have got no time, men who've got no time for women's football. I think that um, a lot of people are resistant to anything which changes the status quo. And football was always just such a man's world that um, it was a bit of a shock when, you know, women's girls started saying hey i you know i want some of this um i mean i i'm not athletic at all i, I went to this kind of mallory towers girls boarding school school mm. where we had to play hockey and lacrosse all the time but <laughs> i was i was always 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 passionate passionate about football and spurs what know? made you write about it then do when you feel because you started writing for the observer how did you go from that thing by well, i want to be a football writer i want to get into that world oh well i was I was looking for a job mm. as a secretary and I saw this advertisement, um, secretary to the Observer Sports Editor, and I thought, the Observer, my favourite paper, sports department, you know, I'll be able to talk <laughs> about sport all day. And, I'll, you know, having been to this girls' boarding school, I thought, oh, God, I'll be just be with men every day, you know, because, yeah. <laughs> you know, I was somebody who'd been taught by mm. batty old spinsters and actually just to <laughs> sort of work with an all-male company was just so brilliant. And I was very lucky because, you know, they, they kind of, they knew I knew about sport because I'd been passionate about all sports since I, since I was really small. I mean, you know, my, my first bet uh, was on... Bally Moss in the 1957 St. Ledger. And, and, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I just just always loved watching mm. sport. <clears throat> and um, they gave you that opportunity then to to match report. Did you well, ask or did they say, well, would, you know, was it well, offered to you? Um, well, it's a sort of long story because all the mm. time I was, the first sort of year or so I was there, I was just really struggling to get a byline in anything. Yeah. But I was useless at writing about women's stuff, <clears throat> really useless. Mm. Um, so I started writing a bit about music um, and then I sort of got one or two short stories published and a new sports editor took over and he knew I was really keen on sport. And I got a short story published in some really posh magazine and he said, oh, I know, why don't we sort of try you out, you know, writing a couple of sports pieces? So I did that and then the football season was starting and one of the main writers, who was this sort of very gloomy um, bloke called Arthur, Arthur Hotcraft, who actually oh, yes, wrote scripts. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> he sort of had this kind of meltdown in our in in our local, which was the Black Friar, just mm. in New Newbridge Street. And he said, "If I have to report another football match, I shall just jump under a train." Oh dear, and oh of dear. course, instead of saying, "You know, oh, Arthur, that's terrible," you know. You know, please, please. I just thought, oh, goody, then there'll be one football reporter short. <laughs> so I turned to the sports editor and said, well, you know, why don't you give me a chance? And he said, um, well, actually, that's exactly what I was thinking of doing. Oh. So that was a start. And I did marry him a few years ago. Oh, later. OK. <laughs> oh, OK. <laughs> now, you also wrote, um, uh, people may remember, the brilliant Channel 4 film, those glory, glory days about the 61 uh, Tottenham team. You're a big Spurs fan. And you're you're writing a new book on Tottenham, updating a new book. Yeah, mm. um, the biography of Tottenham Hotspur, which is available in the club bookshop, 
club shop and mm. all good bookshops and from you know blah blah blah. Mm. Um, this is the fourth edition, so I've been writing um, this biography of Tottenham Hotspur since uh, 2012, um, and when I got the word that we were going to update. It was um, just after the CL final. Mm. Oh. And mm. I thought at the time, you know, okay, it's going to be all right. You know, we'll come back from this. Um, and then, you know, the last two years at Spurs, how am I going to sort of put this in a positive, ma- you know, way? Yeah. Uh, because, of course, it's sort it's endorsed by the club. Mm. So I couldn't, yeah. couldn't mm. actually say, say what I really felt about, you know, Jose mm. um, or anything like that and it was I mean it's been such a ridiculous two years all you know yeah. everything everything the, the, but it's football's great missed <coughs> opportunity mm. you had yeah, this club so that was agree. greatly supported huge club who finally found a manager who could actually make them compete they get to the Champions League final they've got a great manager great, and then he refuses to back him in any of the windows, and then he leaves. I mean, that is a great missed opportunity, whatever yeah. way you look at it. I think, and, and it's, you know, the, the, the chairman would, you know, there's a lot of people who back him in the job he's done, but it's it's bad business. It's proved to be a bad business move because it does damage the business as much as it damages the football club. Do you think it's because um, the intention really is to have the stadium as an entertainment venue mm. rather than... No, I, I think he'd love... I think the, the mm. chairman of the board would love the club to be a successful football club, but yeah, I, sure I also think... those great years. They, it was, the margins were wafer thin, I think, the way... It, you know, they took... Yeah, yeah. You know, the fact that we never... I mean, people were joking last week that, you know, Potch spent 600 quid on a steak and that's more than Tottenham spent <laughs> in two transfer <laughs> windows. So, I mean, that's, you know, to not back a manager that needed to when he kept saying he needed support in two transfer windows, was always going to be a recipe for disaster. Well, so. I, it, I find it hard to to explain. I'm, I have to say, yeah. and I mean, I I'm I'm not one of the the Enic out uh, campaign people mm. by any means, you know. I, and I think what what they've done for Tottenham as a place is absolutely magnificent. But really, 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 why not invest a little bit more in the football? Sure. Team because and at, and at that time, especially Andy, you spot on. It was yeah, it was one of the great yeah. missed opportunities. Yeah, great for everybody else. Yeah. Great for all the other clubs. Yeah. And it was, I mean, but but on the other hand, um, just to have got to the CL final with that squad, which was running on fumes, mm. you know, already the squad was threadbare. And to have done it, it's one of the great epic stories, isn't it? It's, yeah. it's, it was a great <clears throat> run to the final. And it was well, a, <clears throat> a great Tottenham denouement. We give away a penalty after 30 seconds. Oh, <laughs> it was, couldn't get any yeah. more Tottenham than that. Uh, uh, yeah, amazing. Julie, lovely to see you. Um, uh, Football She Wrote is available now. You you kick it off with uh, with your um, with your piece. And I, yeah, I, I, read I, my piece. It's yeah, fantastic. Good forward by Gabby Logan. Yeah, well. nice. And I did hear a, a great podcast reunion podcast with the two main protagonists of this, which they're, they're right. in their own words talking yeah. about, which yeah. is fascinating. Two of my well. favourite women. They are. Yeah, they're, they're my generation. They're the people that got the England Scotland game back on in yeah, seventy two to kickstart football right. again. Women's and, football and and some of the Elsie Cook, yeah. is, who went on to be the first Scotland women women's <clears throat> manager. She is such a laugh. She mm. is, and she's got so many stories. Yeah, yeah. she's one of my favourite people.
Excellent. So the book is published by Floodlit Dreams and uh, it's called Football She Wrote and it's available now. Lovely to see you. And when's the Tottenham book out? Uh, I think it, we, we're talking a week or two. Oh, OK. Yeah. Brilliant. But I, sh- I shall be, um, you know, trumpeting it on, on Twitter. Of course. Yeah, we'll look out for you. Thanks very much for joining us. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Now, when the national team play, I think it's fair to say that most people crowd around the TV set and watch whoever your national team is, but uh, some people decide not to do that. and They, they get into grassroots. They go grassroots. Um, I think that's what Andy Smart, ball runner, second, comedy sport player, crest the runner. Top of the table battle. Um, uh, yeah, a, a ball, as I said, ball runner, probably have. Cheese chaser, I didn't say cheese chaser. Um, <laughs> he went to see Farnborough versus Gosport last night. Never, He probably saw a better game. Um, and he's been a quiz question on TV this week. What a week it's been for him. He thought he, he deserved a chance to air that. Good afternoon, Andy. Good afternoon, boys. Yeah, well, look, let's start with, um, so Farnborough, Gosport. Well, I mean, you like an England game. We've watched England games with you, but you thought, hey, I'll go and watch my boys in action. Well, yeah, it was second versus third, and uh, we've actually got a team this year, so it's it's uh, it's been worth going down there. It's, uh, uh, it was three one, and uh, Paul Hodge got a, a hat trick. It was a fantastic game. Josh Hoggins was playing for uh, Gosport Borough. He used to play for us, and uh, he was given the job of man man marking Sam Deering, and uh, was taken off after seventy minutes. So he obviously didn't uh, enjoy his return. Well, the but, crowd uh, would have enjoyed that. The Farnborough fans, <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> Happened to Farnborough? I can't believe they're actually second and winning games. How have they turned it round? Well, we've actually got a, a squad together this year for the first time in ten years. But uh, it's, uh, we still went out of the, the FA Cup at the second uh, preliminary qualifying, oh, which dear. is uh, the tenth year in a row we've gone out of that stage. So oh, that was a bit, yeah. And we seem to have sixty players on our books, but. Uh, <laughs> And what we're quarter of the way through the season, so it's it, it, yeah, sixty it's, players. It's, well, <laughs> <laughs> That's a figure you well, just they, they pulled had, out. They of, re- a lot of they, no, no, they had to register all the academy players so oh, they could right. play in the Hampshire Cup. Right, okay. um, but but he hasn't. Now we're out of the Hampshire Cup, oh, and I think we might still be in it. I mean, yeah, we got we got Bournemouth, yeah. Bournemouth, <laughs> the magic of the Hampshire. <laughs> you're going to play Bournemouth. <laughs> you're going to lose. You're going to lose to Bournemouth. They're good Bournemouth. Well, that's that's what he wants. He, he doesn't want any part of the Hampshire Cup. <laughs> oh, you're not going to beat Bournemouth. I mean, Who's the manager got now? Southampton. Who? It must be hard yeah. if you're Farnborough. You must play. You play sort of Southampton in the final every year. <laughs> yeah, yeah, beat, yeah. I would imagine. <laughs> don't you? But twelve fifty-five nil. Well, we we knocked Oldershot out. So is it? <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah. Bournemouth, they, 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 Bournemouth they is in Dorset. Well, yeah, it's not in Hampshire, is it? How can they get allowed? in Bournemouth yeah. no, no they are no, half, 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 half of Bournemouth is in uh, in Hampshire well just play the half from Hampshire you got, <laughs> they might have a fighting chance then might have a fighting chance it'd be like Yorkshire <laughs> cricket um, but I, I, mm. I got chatting to the chairman uh, Garbo last night and he's asked me to commentate on Saturday's God. game against Kings Landley so because we have our own, we have our own commentary, like a bit like um, uh, Mr. Baker does. Yeah, and John did the other day. John Kelly. Yeah, yeah. They did well, so. we, I'm just we, waiting for Chelsea to ask me to come. Yeah, <laughs> we, no, we, the swearing would be too much. Yeah, I think. Yeah. So I'll put the link up for that on me. Uh, oh yeah, on yeah. Me, yeah, yeah. Do Twitter. Have you, uh, you got a yeah, co-commentator, Andy? You got to have somebody. Well, I, no, actually, I'm I'm co-commentator. Oh, okay. No, they've got a bloke who knows what he's doing doing the actual. And so you're the you're the colour man. <laughs> you're, you're just coming in with the the nuggets and the the info and 
yeah. Okay, yeah. well, we look forward to that. Yeah, uh, we'll let you listen out for it. Um, also, Andy, as we said, it, you, be, you were a quiz question on Rob Beckett's daytime quiz this week. <laughs> on Headhunters, yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> the question was, which comedy group has members including um, Michael Palin and Eric Idle, Graham Garden and Bill Oddie, Andy Smart yeah. and Josie Lawrence? Is it A, yeah, yeah. Monty Python, B, the Goonies, or C, the Comedy Store Players? Um, so were you watching at the time or were you alerted to this afterwards? I was alerted to it afterwards by um, uh, Sadiq Bahan, who was in in the hospital bed in the same ward as me 12 years ago when I had my kidney stone removed. Right. He... <laughs> That's always a story with Andy, isn't it? It's always, it's always a backstory he, with him. He, he got in touch with me on Facebook and went, have you seen this? And I just went, no, I haven't. Fantastic. Oh. So, well, he's yeah. a captive audience there. That's, that's very much Rob's audience, people people in hospital beds. I think he's out of hospital. Oh, he's out. Is he? I hope he's 12, yeah, years, 12 ago. years ago. <laughs> hope he's out now. He's a fit, strong man now. Oh, that's, that's good. good. Yeah. So that's nice, though, isn't it? It's nice to have been yeah. a, a quiz. Did the person get it right? Uh, no. They didn't. They didn't <laughs> no, get it right. Yeah. It's not that difficult, is it? And then Rob sort of threw away... Uh, yeah, they're an impro group. Oh, okay. So he didn't talk you up. Didn't say Wednesdays and he Sundays. Didn't say, he didn't say the longest running Guinness Book of Records holding uh, comedy team. We no. were playing. We we're playing. The, it's, next next week is our thirty seventh anniversary. Wow! Wow! That's amazing. And, and on uh, Monday the twenty fifth, we're doing the Globe, which will be our twenty second year yeah. at the Globe. So uh, you'll be able, uh, to, uh, you'll be able to afford a writer soon, and then just stop making it up. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. After thirty-seven years, you just get a writer in. No one's thought of that. It's quite late they? in the year no. for the globe, is it? It's, it's, it's open, isn't it? It's open air. You yeah. have to wear a coat. It's fantastic. Yeah, it's fantastic because there's fourteen hundred people in there, and it, and uh, it's uh, got seven hundred in the groundlings who are uh, sort of standing and yeah. all looking up at you, and then there's one spot right in the middle of the stage that. Um, you're no more than 50 feet away from any member of the audience. So wow. when they laugh and you're stood there, it just knocks you backwards physically. Wow, so when, when are you doing that, Andy? On the 25th, and there's still a few tickets. Tickets start at £5 in the groundlings up to yeah. about 70 quid. But, yeah. That would be um, a place to watch it, standing up, yeah. uh, basically in the crowd at the quid, bottom. Though. Yeah, well, well, Mark Rylance sort of got us in 22 years ago and said that we were, you know, it's sort of how Shakespeare would have uh, presented his yeah. plays. He would have given them a basic outline and then they would have done their bits of stuff within the within the, the scenes that he created. So... You should he, invite him down it. to the store. From yeah, he, he, he did do the store with us. Did yeah, he? he's done it. Yeah, wow. oh yeah. Was he good? I take it he was. He, well, he never came back. Let's just oh. say that. <laughs> so he prefers I he a, a script. I bet he wore a hat. He prefers. <laughs> he wear a hat. Yeah, he, he did wear a hat. He, he always wears a hat. Wore a hat. <laughs> he certainly did. He's made a new film about golf, which we. Yeah. Hope I know. To, yeah, the Open. Yeah, yes, yeah, we hope to have him in the Open. In that, hope to have a chat with him or one of the main protagonists or Simon or someone at some stage. That's a great story about the crane driver. Yeah, yeah, it's a fantastic. What was his name? Morris. Flick. Morris Flickcroft. Was that the guy they said the world's worst golfer? So yeah, 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 brilliant. Okay, Andy, always good to talk to you. Well done on being a quiz question, not watching Thank England, you. which was a very wise move. And uh, yeah. so a few tickets. Where can people find tickets? Is it the Globe website? Yeah, if or? you go to the Globe website, yeah. And yeah. it's the 25th of uh, October. Yeah. Excellent. Lovely. We, we, we will catch up with you soon. Lovely. Take, yeah. take care, Andy. Boys. All the best.
Cheers. Uh, Andy mm. Smart there, ball runner, comedy store player, cheese chaser. Mm. Um, yeah. I didn't think England game was it quite a good game of football. Yeah. Well, well, look, it it was the second half was a bit dull, wasn't it? Did you see us winning it? Was the, there much they were in the game hungry. I was quite yeah, impressed. I with mean, the way so they, they had one yeah. of the better chances in the second half, didn't they? With that, that mm. shot at the end. We should uh, wish our, our friend and colleague uh, Faye Carruthers uh, many congratulations. Oh, became a mum. Absolutely. Um, she's our England correspondent, of course, throughout the Euro. She's taken a break yeah. uh, and uh, she's had a little boy, which is lovely. So and I, d- I discovered last night that Anthony Taylor is refereeing Brentford versus Chelsea. So fans of penalties and red cards, get your money yeah. on. Yeah. Now you've said, Andy, and Honestly, I'm talk be, about... if, if Chelsea finish with 11 players, I'll be absolutely flabbergasted. We'll talk about this on Friday because Andy is, he's got a season ticket both at Brentford and Chelsea and he's going to go in his Brentford season ticket to watch Chelsea and he made certain promises that <laughs> I think he might keeping. find it hard to keep. But no, we'll come back to that <laughs> on Friday. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. There we are, a bumper one for you today. We hope you enjoyed that. I'm back with Charlie tomorrow, although Andy will be popping up with the birthday spread. Oh, yes. Do hope you can join they're us. They're all ready, all the guilt-edged gags. You've got the jokes. You hone them over the week. You come, keep coming back to them, exactly tweaking why. them and tweaking them. You wouldn't them. believe it, but that's exactly what I do. <laughs> so they, they might look like or sound like they're top of the head, but they're carefully crafted. OK, we'll catch up with you tomorrow. Thanks for listening. You've been listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Hear the guys every weekday between 1 and 4 p.m. on TalkSport. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.